service. So if you will, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 3. The book of the Revelation. Revelation chapter 3. As I was contemplating what final message... God would have me preach on this final Lord's Day morning of 2023. My thoughts were directed to what is said of the Laodicean church in verses 14 through 22 of Revelation chapter 3. Revelation 3, beginning in verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, and thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Of the seven letters written to the seven churches that are preserved for us in chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation, this final letter addressed to the church of the Laodiceans is the only church that does not receive a word of praise from the lips of Christ. Whereas the other six churches receive various words of commendation by Christ that are connected with various rebukes, the church in Laodicea receives nothing but a strong and straightforward rebuke. In fact, the one thing that sets the rebuke Christ has towards this church from the others is the illustrative nature of His rebuke. Notice again in verse 15. Jesus says of the church in Laodicea, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold or hot. In other words, spiritually speaking, as it relates to their love for God and love for others, Christ says that they are half-hearted, apathetic followers of Christ. Christ says that the first and great commandment is to love God with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength. But these believers in Laodicea have come to the place in their lives in which they were content with loving God, with not all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength, but some of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
This is the meaning of the text. Christ says that they are not fully frigid, but neither are they fiery fervent. It is not that they lack faith in God altogether. It's just that their faith is stagnant. They're not atheists, they are not apostates, they're not Bible deniers, but they are not fully surrendered to Christ as they should be. You see, they are not dead in trespasses and in sins. They are not spiritually without Christ, but neither are they awake. They're sleepwalking. This is their condition. Their condition is they are neutral. They're like Israel during Elijah's day. They're halting between two opinions. They know what is commanded of them, but they're not doing it. They're not spiritually dead, but they're not spiritually flourishing. They have this whatever attitude. Whatever happens, happens. They have this apathetic, I don't really care spirit. You see, they profess to know the Lord with their mouth. They casually attend church services from time to time. They utter a prayer to God here and there as it is convenient for them, but their heart is not panting after God as the deer pants after the water brooks. Oh, they cross all their T's and dot all their I's theologically, but they are not hungry and thirsty for righteousness. They do not have the heart of Paul, the driving aim of Paul, who lived by that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. For me to live as Christ, to die is gain. You see, these believers are on the racetrack of faith, but they're not running, exerting all their efforts. They're on the racetrack of faith, but their eyes are not fixed on the author and the finisher of their faith. Rather, they're casually walking, eating popcorn that they got from the concession stands. This is the spiritual condition of the church in Laodicea. Christ says, I know thy works, that thou art neither hot or cold. And he would rather see that they were cold or hot. He would rather see them Icy cold or blazing hot, but not lukewarm, not apathetic, not professing him with their lips while being indifferent to his will. And here is the part of the rebuke that grabs our attention and causes us to see how serious such an indifferent condition is to God. Verse 16. So then because... Thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot. I will spew, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Now, through the use of symbolic language, Christ says, because of your apathy, because of your spiritual coldness, because of your pride, because of the dependence upon your own power, because of your willful blindness, Christ says to this church, you make me sick. This is the meaning of Christ's rebuke. Christ is saying, because of your wishy-washy ways, 
because of your undecidedness, because of your slothfulness, you make me want to vomit you out of my mouth. I mean, among all the imagery in the Bible to describe things and to describe people and to describe God's people, I'm persuaded that this is one of the most shocking and attention-grabbing statements given in all of Scripture. God is displeased and disgusted with this church to the degree that it makes Him want to vomit them out of His mouth. Christ is so disgusted with them that He wants to cast them from His presence. Putting it in modern-day context, this church is on the same level as contaminated food. That which we identify as food poisoning, making us so sick that we want to just vomit. This is the spiritual state of the Laodicean church. They were lukewarm. They were not a delightful cold drink to quench thirst on a hot day. Neither were they a hot drink to warm the body on a cold day. Rather, they were room temperature. They were lukewarm, unenthusiastic, causing great disgust to God. They were on the verge of being cast from the presence of Christ if they do not repent of their lukewarm ways. Now, using this spiritual condition of the Laodicean church as a springboard to my sermon this morning, with this text as our guide, I want to preach a message I've entitled, How to Be Lukewarm in the Year to Come. How to Be Lukewarm in 2024. In less than 13 hours, a new year will be upon us. At 12 o'clock midnight tonight, 2023 will vanish away and 2024 will be the year that we journey through. And with every new year, we are met with various decisions and choices. With every new year, God, by His grace, gives us the opportunity to grow in His grace or to wilt spiritually. With every new year, God presents to us the conscious decision to run on the racetrack of faith or to walk. We have the choice to survive in our Christian life or to thrive in our Christian life. We have the choice, as is illustrated in our text, to be lukewarm or hot or cold as it relates to our seeking after God. So this morning, I thought I would take a different kind of approach to the text and confront you with the Bible truth of being lukewarm by presenting you with five simple ways you and I can grow to be more apathetic for the Lord in 2024. From our text, I want to show you five ways we as a church can be a lukewarm church. How can we grow to be more disgusting to the Lord in 2024? Here they are. Are you ready? Point number one, write them down. We can be lukewarm 
in our faith toward God, in our service toward God, in our worship toward Christ, like the church and Laodicea, by being careless about spiritual things. There's point number one. How can we be lukewarm in the new year? Just be careless about spiritual things. And by spiritual things, I mean remaining careless about where we stand with God. Remaining careless about reading, meditating, and studying the Scriptures. Remaining careless about spending quality and quantity time with God in prayer. Remaining careless about worshiping the Lord on the Lord's day with the Lord's people in the local church. If you want to align yourself up with the spiritual condition of the Laodicean church portrayed in Revelation chapter 3, then just go on living your life as if knowing Christ, worshiping Christ, serving Christ, and loving Christ is secondary to all things. Truly, you want to be lukewarm? Then make Christ secondary to your family. Make Christ secondary to your job and career. Make Christ secondary to your comfort. Make Christ second, third, or fourth to your own desires. Make Christ last in your planning for life. Make Christ secondary to your own entertainment. If you want to be lukewarm, then you need to develop the attitude that says, I will read my Bible if I have time to. I'll try to read my Bible if I'm not too tired after watching TV, scrolling through Facebook, going to work, running my errands, going to the gym and listening to the news. I will take time to pray only if there is some emergency that comes across my way or if I find myself in a pickle. That's the only time I'm going to pray is when bad things come across my life. You want to be lukewarm in 2024? Well, you, you need to commit yourself to the worship of God among Christ's church if and only if nothing else is more important on the calendar for that day. And if and only if you wake up at a decent hour and there are no difficulties that come across your path. Listen, if everything is smooth sailing when you wake up on Sunday morning, then go. But if one thing gets you out of sorts, just neglect it and see what comes next week. So what I am saying is essentially this. If you want to be a lukewarm Christian, then you need to make sure that you do everything you can to give God your leftovers. Give God your leftover time. Give God your leftover attention. Give God your leftover money. Give God your leftover energy. Whatever you do, do not, I repeat, do not make a conscious effort to focus on your soul more than your body. Do not make a deliberate decision to put that which is spiritual and eternal above that which is physical and temporal. Are you listening? The way to remain lukewarm is to remain careless about knowing God more. Just be careless about fighting sin in your life. Be careless about growing in holiness. Be disinterested in giving financially to the Lord. Be neutral about the church prayer meetings. What would be best for you to do is 
rather than come to the prayer meetings for you to stay at home and watch more television. That's what you need. You need less of God and more TV. You need less of God and more politics. That's what you need. Here's a year presenting an election to us. New president of the United States. So what you need in 2024 is to become absorbed in who will be the next president of the United States rather than focusing on the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. If you want to be lukewarm in the new year, then what you need to do is focus your full attention on the stories that come out of the daily news feeds, the drama that pours out of social media, the comedy that is presented to us through TV shows, the entertainment that comes from the sports world, rather than focusing your full attention on living a life that is well-pleasing to the Lord. In fact, I would present it this way. If you want to be lukewarm, you need to strive with all your being, to love Christ and love the world at the same time. You need to strive to love God and money. You need to put your hand to the plow and keep, and keep looking back. You need to be a loiterer in the church rather than a laborer. You need to be a spectator rather than a participator. You need to be a whiner rather than a worker. You need to conjure up excuse after excuse as to why you cannot be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. If you want to be lukewarm in 2024, then fathers, listen to me. You need to surrender your spiritual leadership to your wife. Just give it to her now. Just look her in the eyes and say, you're the head of the home. You lead us. Whatever you want to do, we will do. You want to be lukewarm in 2024? Wives, you need to do everything you can to keep your husband from being the head of your home. You need to resist the leadership of, his hus of your husband. You want to be lukewarm? Parents, you need to refuse to lead your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Just leave that for the Sunday school teachers. Don't talk to them about God. Don't take the scriptures and try to train them up in the way that they should go. And then children, children, do you want to be lukewarm in 2024? Then listen, you need to disobey your parents unless they give you what you want. Don't listen to Paul's admonition about children obeying your parents. Just do the opposite if you want to be lukewarm. So listen, point number one is very simple. It's very easy to accomplish. If you want to be lukewarm in 2024, just do whatever you want. Do whatever pleases you the most. Keep telling yourselves and others that you are a Christian, but do not become a fanatic. Do not deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Jesus. Just remain neutral. Keep the car in neutral. Remain distracted by all the bells and whistles of this world. Focus on what you used to do for God rather than what you are now doing for God. Just start comparing yourself with others. And specifically, start comparing yourself with those who are worse than you. Don't compare yourself with the Bible and keep flattering yourself that you're doing great. If you want to be disgusting toward God, then just keep floating down the river of spiritual complacency like most Christians do. 
Just go with the flow. Put that fish sticker on the back of your car and then point to it as evidence that you are a strong Christian. Just keep posting cute little memes on social media. All the while, you're living a double-minded life. Just be one thing in church and another thing outside of church. That's how you can be lukewarm. This is point number one. If you're going to be a lukewarm Christian, then you must cultivate a carelessness about spiritual things. Cultivate a carelessness about spiritual things. Point number two. If you're going to be a lukewarm Christian, then you must continue flattering yourself that you are spiritually strong. Just like the Laodicean church does in verse 17. Here they were as individual believers, as a collective church, proclaiming, notice it, they were proclaiming that they were rich and increased with worldly goods and have need of nothing. When in reality, in God's eyes, they were spiritually miserable, blind, poor, wretched, and naked. And the meaning of this rebuke is simply that they were altogether blind regarding their condition. They were blind to their spiritual poverty. They thought that they were good with God. They sincerely believed that there was nothing in their lives that needed correcting. You see, they had nice homes. They had lots of money. They had plenty of food. It's probable that they had a lot of clothes in their closets. They were healthy, wealthy, and wise in a physical sense. But the attitude of their heart was, what real need do we have of God? Why should we seek God passionately? Why should we seek God sacrificially when everything seems to be going our way? I mean, our jobs are doing well. Our finances are flowing We have need of nothing. The church is saying to God, to themselves, I'm content with what I have. Do you see the church's problem? They were proud and self-sufficient. They thought themselves to be strong when God says that they were weak. So how can you and I mimic the same attitude of spiritual complacency and blindness? Listen, by living as if we have everything figured out. By praising ourselves to be people who can figure out life on our own. This means that we turn our back on the counsel of God's word and we turn our back from seeking God's wisdom in prayer. If you want to be lukewarm in 2024, whatever you do, do not, do not tell yourself, that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Don't do it. On the contrary, you need to tell yourself, like Joel Osteen and all these other TV preachers, that you are a wonderful, loving, kind Christian who has nothing to be ashamed of. If you want to maintain a casual relationship with the Lord, you need to make sure that you do not focus on all the negative aspects of Christianity, such as sin, repentance of sin, confession of sin, and dying to sin. Rather, what you need to do is look in the mirror and tell yourself that you are special. You need to look in the mirror 
And tell yourself that you are a winner. You are a wise person. Hey, let's get rid of the scripture reading. Let's start a chant next week. And the chant is going to be, we are a perfect church. We are a perfect, healthy body of believers who have everything figured out theologically. That's what we need to do. We need to just keep boasting. We need to just keep patting ourselves on the back if we're going to be lukewarm. We need to stay away from the boring prayer meetings where the weird Christians are pouring out their hearts to God as poor, helpless beggars. And we just need to keep on going, saying everything's good. I have need of nothing. Our church has need of nothing. California has need of nothing. Our nation has need of nothing. Our world has need of nothing. Our missionaries have need of nothing. If you want to be lukewarm in the new year, keep flattering yourself that you are spiritually strong and everybody else is spiritually weak. Are you with me? This is the most encouraging sermon you've ever heard at the end of a year? I'm only on point two, moving to point three. Let me show you from verse 18 that one of the ways you and I can remain neutral to the things of God, this is our goal, isn't it? To remain neutral. We can remain neutral to the things of God in the year to come by refusing to listen to the counsels and rebukes of others. Get your spiritual earplugs in and plug your ears. Christ says to the church in Laodicea at the beginning of 18, notice it. He says, I counsel thee. In other words, I instruct thee. I advise thee. And I want to point out the fact that Christ, the all-knowing God, is giving them wisdom that will guide their life. In fact, that's what Christ has been doing throughout the whole of the letter. Considering the whole of the letter sent to the church, we find that this counsel of Christ has been inspired and preserved for the messengers of each church to read to the congregation so that the congregation might benefit from the teaching of God's Word. In other words, the whole of every letter contains the revealed truth of God. The letters are God's written authoritative Word to His people. They are Bible truths. The counsels Christ gives are spiritual realities given by inspiration of God, and thus they are profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, so that God's people might grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. So what I'm submitting to you in this third point is that if you want to be a lukewarm believer in 2024, then you must endeavor to keep your ears shut to the corrective counsels of Christ. You must treat the preaching and the spiritual counsel of gospel ministers that are saturated with Bible truth lightly. You know what the essence of preaching is, don't you? Preaching is nothing more than the proclamation of godly counsel. Preaching is nothing more than the declaration of heavenly wisdom. If a pastor or preacher is truly preaching the Scripture as he ought to, it is nothing less than God's voice 
being articulated. Truly, the Old Testament and the New Testament are God's two lips through which He speaks to us. And God has ordained that among Christ's church, His appointed shepherds through the public preaching of God's Word, as well as the private pastoral councils, present God's counsel to the sheep. The good shepherd has appointed earthly shepherds to feed, to correct, to lead, to instruct his sheep through the means of private and public shepherding. So taking this point in hand and applying it to the point I'm seeking to drive home, if you want to be cold-hearted, if you want to be an unenthusiastic believer, if you want to be someone who causes the Lord to be nauseating, then you should resist the biblical counsel of those who are trying to feed you His Word. You want to be lukewarm in 2024? Do everything you can to stay away from pastors. Just pretend they have the bubonic plague. Do everything you can to stay away from the times of preaching and teaching. Keep telling yourself that you don't need a pastor. You don't need to submit yourself to spiritual leadership. In fact, I would suggest that any time a pastor says something that you don't like, then you should hold the grudge toward him. You should criticize him. You should leave the church without telling anyone. You should just stay at home as the manner of some is because this is the best way of being cold. If the pastor says something you don't like, you should just remain bitter at him and at God. Or, if that doesn't suit you well, if that seems too extreme, then what you need to do is this. Listen, if you want to be lukewarm, then you need to come to church, throw your head back, and take a nice nap. Start snoring, if that is your practice. If you want to be lukewarm, then bring your body to church, but leave your heart at home. Or better yet, daydream while the pastor is pouring out his heart for your soul. Think about anything and everything except for his sermon. Start doing this sort of thing. If you want to be lukewarm, stay up late on Saturday nights. Wake up late on Sunday mornings. And I guess, I guess, we have to apply this to myself. If I'm to be a lukewarm pastor... I need to preach 10 minutes sermons so I don't wear myself out. I need to cancel our midweek service. I need to cancel our Sunday night service. I need to cancel our Sunday school program so that I have more time to do what I want to do rather than what God has called me to do. Yeah. I need to plug my ears to the counsels of God when it says that it's required of me to preach the word in season and out of season. I need to remain blind to Christ's example of giving himself for the spiritual well-being of others. I need to pass over Paul's testimony of gladly spending himself for the gospel. I need to stop being so obsessive about Bible truths because it turns people away. If I'm going to remain lukewarm... In my responsibility as pastor, I need to throw away all my pastoral books that encourage me to preach God's Word without compromise. And I just need to smile more and tickle the ears of people 
I need to preach what you want me to preach. If we're going to be lukewarm in 2024, we need to turn away from the counsels and rebukes of Christ that come through others. And then point number four, if you and I are going to remain spiritually wishy-washy, if we're going to grow in Christian apathy, if we're going to remain stagnant, then we must refuse to respond to the promptings of the Spirit. Are you listening? If you want to be like the Laodicean church, if you want to be like the believers in Laodicea, then we must stubbornly refuse to repent of our sin. Look, verse 19, we find Christ calling on this church in love to repent, to turn from their wicked ways. He calls on them to respond to His counsels, to react to His written word. And we find in this one appeal that Christ, we find, look at it, Christ doesn't want this church to be lukewarm. That's not His desire. Christ does not want this church to be spiritually stagnant. He wants them to be zealous. He wants them to love Him with all their heart. He wants them to be transformed by the renewing of their mind rather than conform to the ways of this world. So He calls on them to turn. He calls on them to confess their failings to Him. He calls on them to get right in their relationship with Him. He calls on them to come out of their lukewarm condition. So what I'm suggesting to you in this fourth point is the argument that if you would remain spiritually lethargic, then when God convicts you of sin, when God prompts you to do something that is according to His will, when God calls you to open up the door of your heart to Him, as we find in verse 20, what you need to do is keep pushing your weight against the door. What you need to do is lock the lock of your heart and do not give Christ access. Don't do it. When Christ confronts you through His Word of things you need to respond to, listen, remember the D.A.R.E. program. Just say no. Just keep hardening your heart. Keep living as you're living. Do not, do not, do not respond to God. Remember point number two? You're good. You figured everything out. You have need of nothing, not even repentance. It's everybody else who needs to repent. So after the sermon is preached, listen. If you want to be lukewarm after the sermon is preached, do not examine your heart. Just let the truth slip away. Go into your car and turn on the political talk radio show. Go home saying... That was a nice sermon. I wish so-and-so would have heard it because they need it more than I do. If you want to be lukewarm in 2024, you must, to the best of your ability, reject all calls to get right with God. 
Just keep on keeping on in your spiritual complacency. Don't open the heart to Christ's knocking. And then finally, let me give you the fifth and most productive way you can be a spiritually insensitive soldier of Christ in the new year. I've alluded it. I've alluded to it already. But I think it is needful to state it on its own point because it's repeatedly stated once again in verse 22, which shows us its great significance. If you want to be disgusting to God, then do not listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. Christ, the great I Am, the Creator, the King of kings and Lord of lords, Christ, the one who is, who which was and is to come, Christ says, He that hath an ear to hear, he that has a physical ear. And from what I can tell, everybody in here has two ears. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear, not only with the physical ear, but with the spiritual ear. Let him hear what the Spirit of God says to the churches. And the closing message is the same message. Notice this. It's the same message Christ has been preaching all along. Christ has already emphasized this point. Notice verse 14. Christ says unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith, saith. Did you catch it? These things proclaim it, declare it, the amen. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Jesus wants them to know that the words that are being spoken to them are not man's tradition. They are the truths of God. They are His words. Christ is speaking to them. Verse 18, Jesus says, I, I am counseling you. Not finite church councils who are full of sin. I, the perfect one, I counsel you. I'm coming to you. I want to help you. Verse 19, Jesus says, I, I am standing at the door of your heart. I'm standing at the door of this church and I'm speaking, if any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come to him and will sup with him and he with me. So in other words, Jesus wants to commune with us. Jesus wants to bless our life. Jesus wants to shower us with his goodness and his grace. But the one condition is we must hear and obey his word. As Christ tells us of the wise man who built his house upon the rock. He was blessed, not because he merely heard, but he heard and obeyed. So listen, if we would be blessed, if we would be happy in Jesus, if we would want God to take delight in us rather than being disgusted at us, we need to incline our ear to his law and we need to be doers of his word, not hearers only. But I'm telling you this morning, if you desire to be a lukewarm follower of Christ, what you need to do is ignore God's word. You need to drown out the words of Christ with the world's music, with silly little YouTube videos, with perverse movies. You need to get lost in reading romantic novels more than the truths of God's word. If you want to be indifferent to the things of God, then you need to mimic the ways of the Pharisees. You need to read and study God's Word, but only do so in an academic way. 
You need to read and study God's Word with the desire to attack others rather than get right at God with God. You need to read God's Word while refusing to implement its truths and principles in your life. If you want to be lukewarm, you need to allow your relationship with God's Word to grow cold. Bring it to church, then set it on the dashboard and leave it there until next Sunday. Let it collect dust. Keep telling yourself that you can survive without your daily bread. Keep telling yourself that you can endure because you serve in a ministry. Keep telling yourself that you are strong because you've been a Christian for 30 plus years. You already know the Bible stories. And thus far, in your ignoring God's word the last few days and the last few weeks, everything seems to be okay. So just continue in that. Do you want to be lukewarm in the coming year? Do you want to be a miserable wretch in 2024? Do you want to spoil your testimony for Christ? Anyone? Any hand raisers? Do you want God to be disgusted with you? Do you want the devil to be happy with you? Then follow these simple points. Number one, be careless about spiritual things. Number two, keep telling yourself that you are spiritually strong. Number three, refuse to listen to the counsels and rebukes of Christ that come from others. Number four, do not respond to the promptings of the Spirit, especially when the Spirit calls on you to repent of sin. And then number five, keep your ears closed to the truths of God's Word. Listen, it's okay to listen to them. Just don't allow the Word to penetrate to your heart. Don't act upon it. That's the way to be lukewarm. Now, if you hear these things this morning and you say, Pastor, I don't want to be lukewarm. I want to be zealous for God. If you want to be a fervent worshiper of Christ, then you must do everything you can to avoid the five things that I've mentioned. If you want to be passionate about seeking Christ in 2024, then you must ferociously fight against these things that I've laid before you. You must constantly examine your heart by the mirror of God's Word. You must remind yourself that God despises indifference and God hates lukewarmness. So can I close encouraging you to take these truths and make them a matter of prayer in 2024? In 2024, listen, would you pray for yourself, for your family, and for our church Lord, keep us from becoming lukewarm. Put that on your prayer list. Lord, help us to be spiritually hot. Awaken our hearts to love you more. Cause us to have a greater desire for the truths of Scripture. Pray these prayers. Pray, Lord, produce within us a burning desire to seek first the kingdom of God and Christ's righteousness. And the question of all questions now at this moment is, how will you respond to this message? How will you personally respond to this message? Listen, 
And it pains my heart as a pastor to know after I preach a message like this that half will leave this place letting the truths that I have spoken be stolen away from the wicked one. Most will remember the pastor getting worked up and preaching a sermon that was kind of different than normals, but they will not digest it. Many will leave saying, I know, pastor, you're speaking truth, and I'm with you all the way, yes and amen, but football's on, so I've got to get home. Yes and amen, pastor, I don't necessarily agree with you, but... You just don't understand my life. You don't understand what I'm going through. So what I'm saying is, don't let that be you. Don't settle for status quo Christianity. Be resolved right now to stand with Christ. Be like Joshua who says, as for me, in my house, I don't care what everybody else does. I don't care if they remain stagnant. I don't care if they remain lukewarm. But I know I'm going to stand before Christ and give an account to Him one day. So as for me and my house, by God's grace, through the strength of the Spirit, I'm resolved to serve the Lord with the best of my being. Be resolved to be steadfast even when most of the world will not. Even when most of the professing church will not. And maybe you're here this morning without Christ. And the problem with you is not that you're lukewarm. You're dead in trespasses and in sins. You're without faith. You're without hope. You're without God in this world. If that's you, the gospel is presented to you once again. If you will repent of your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, God promises you will be saved. What is needed to be saved? Childlike faith, believing that Christ has done everything for us to bring us to the Father. We can't change our own hearts. We can't wash away our own sins. But God in Christ can. Amen. Jesus became sin for us who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. But God commended, God demonstrated His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And listen, today is the day of salvation. Don't resist the call. Don't resist Christ's offer to be saved, to have life, to have the forgiveness of sins and the promise of heaven. This is offered to you freely by His grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. All that is required of you is to receive it by faith. Have you received the gift of salvation? Have you been born again? Is there evidence in your life that Christ has called you unto His kingdom? If not, the need of your heart today is to believe.
to look unto the Lord. Isaiah says, God says through Isaiah, look unto me, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else.